0: well good morning good to see you here today and it is good to be here i uh, had to I, I drove down this morning uh, by myself uh my wife had some uh commitments at uh, our church and uh so uh uh, plus the fact that this past uh, Wednesday uh, we had a doctor's appointment at, uh, with her lung doctor. Uh, she has uh, a disease called pulmonary fibrosis, hardening of the lungs. And, uh, and so this past Wednesday the doctor decided that she needed to start using oxygen uh not all the time, but uh when she needed it when she would be short of breath, whatever and so uh um, I ain't getting a lot of sleep, and she ain't either, but she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna tackle it. And she going to conquer uh, learning how to sleep with that little nose piece in your nose. Because uh, when she doesn't sleep, I sure don't sleep. But anyway, well, Christmas is right upon us, isn't it? Singing those songs, uh, just kind of, Put you in the mood. And uh, so the next three Sundays, uh, we're going to kind of use that as a theme. And starting today, I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And uh, for those of you who are Bible students of any sort, you will recognize that uh, we kind of call this the Christmas story. Uh, Luke chapter 2. <clears throat> and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with with Mary, his espoused wife, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came up on them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people." For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God And saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us today. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these sayings all these things, and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. Father, I thank you for this blessed reading. Thank you for the great truths that it gives us. And Lord, we know that uh, the world gets very busy with all kinds of celebrations and festivities. Sadly, most of them have really nothing to do with the birth of Jesus. And for that, we are so sad. But God is your people. Help us keep centered. In our thoughts, our hearts, our minds, and even in our activities, that we are celebrating the birth of God's Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so, Lord, cause us to be good listeners today. Calls us to be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit working in our heart. And above all, Lord, we just pray that you'll be glorified through it all. Because it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. I got one other passage I want to read to you uh, that kindly sets what uh, this message is really all about. Uh, if you will turn to First Corinthians chapter two, or chapter one rather, and uh, I want to jump down in verse twenty-seven and read verse twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and twenty-nine. And uh, th- this is this is so this is so true. This this just uh, is a great great truth. And we're going to expound on this. Listen to what Paul writes here. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound things that are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. I I just love the way that reads, and and the great truths that it brings out. Now, with that said, uh, it's always interesting to me how God chose a whole series of small, insignificant things, little things. Little task, little places to tell the greatest story that this world has ever known. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, uh, I don't know how many times uh, we have read Luke chapter 2 and all of the other gospels about the birth of Christ. But have you, ever, have you ever considered how this, this great story was told in a way that confound the great and the mighty? I mean, the story of Jesus, the story of his birth has nothing that the world would call big or great or magnificent. In fact, it's totally opposite. And so I want to tell you a couple of things this morning, and uh, I'll probably finish this up uh, this evening before business meeting. But I want you to notice. That the first thing that jumps out to me is that God uses insignificant people, Amen. and when I say that, I, what I'm what I'm saying is that they are insignificant in the eyes of the world. Uh, when you think about these shepherds, uh, I. I don't know of any more common people. I don't know of any more uh, people that could have been used other than these common, everyday shepherds who, who were hired mainly to take care of someone else's sheep. But think about this. I mean, there, there, were, there were scholars from all over. There were men of, of profound and various learnings in the universities of that day there were great and important religious leaders that God could have chosen. But it was not to them that the angels sang peace on earth and goodwill toward men. No, no, they, the angels didn't sing that to the great and the mighty but God chose to send the angels to sing this message to lowly shepherds. The great and mighty did not hear. Glory to God in the highest. I mean, the greatest news that the world has ever heard was heard by simple shepherds. Great men were passed over, and little men heard the greatest story ever heard. You see, in the eyes of the great, the noble, and the wealthy, they didn't see the stars like the shepherds did And by the way have you have you figured this out It was not to one of the fashionable ladies in the influential circles that God reached down to choose as a vessel to bring forth his son. (laughs) No. It was just common little Mary. Just common little virgin Mary. Now, I, I say that because... Here's something. It has been that way all the way through the Bible. I mean, one of the most encouraging things in the Bible is that God uses little people to do great and mighty things. And so if you are here today, And you say, well, I would love to serve God, but I'm just unlearned. Or if you are here today and you say, well, I I would like to do more for God, but but I'm just unskilled. Well, I've got news for you. You're exactly who the Lord is looking for. Who was it that killed the giant. Oh, it was uh, little David. And and where where did they have to get David? Well, he was on the backside of the field watching sheep because that's all that his father thought that he was worthy of doing. Well, who was it that... uh, that killed the Midianite enemy with a small army of three hundred people. It was a young man whose name was Gideon, and uh, he was uh, he was called while hiding behind a wine press because he feared for his life. Gideon, listen. Gideon was a, he was a runt kid from a runt family, from a runt tribe, from a runt nation. And God looked down behind that wine press and he said, There's somebody who is low enough for me to use and get glory from. And who was it that led Israel out of Egypt across the Red Sea? Who was it that went up on Mount Sinai and recorded instructions for the tabernacle and the tablets of stone? It was Moses who was placed in a bulwark in the Nile River by his mother to keep from being killed. Who was it that sent old Naaman to the prophet Elijah to be healed of leprosy? It wasn't some great, great king. It was not a great prince. It was not an educated person. It was just a small handmaid who said, if you'll go see Elisha, he will heal you. Just some little lowly girl. And who gave Jesus food to feed 5,000 people? It was not a great chef. It was not a great owner of a supermarket. No, it was just a little snotty-nosed boy whose mother fixed him a small lunch while he would go out and spend the day. Five little pieces of bread And two small, small fish. That was just a common lunch for a small child. And by the way, who was it that rimmed the Mediterranean Sea with the gospel? And the city of Jerusalem with the gospel? And the countries of Asia and Europe? And turned the world upside down for for Jesus? It was not some wealthy man of fame. It was a little small Jew who had a small physique and a set of bad eyes that God used to accomplish this. And who was it that saw the resurrected Christ In his glory first. Was it some famous queen of their day? Was it some great princess of a foreign land? No. It was a woman who at one time had been possessed of seven demons. Mary of Magdalene. Who was it chosen by Jesus as an object lesson to us all? It wasn't a great king. It was not some great political leader. It was not some great statesman. It was not one of the wealthy men of their day. But you know who it was? It was a small little child that Jesus picked up and sat on his lap and said, this is the greatest in my kingdom. And so it is with the Christmas story, friend. Listen, listen to these names Mary, Simeon, Anna. The shepherds, Zacharias, Elizabeth, Joseph. Doesn't sound like a Hall of Fame list. No. You know who they are? They're just common everyday things. You know, we often use the excuse for not serving the Lord. We say, oh, well, you know, I'm certainly not one my family would pick to succeed. Neither was David. In fact, he was overlooked as being a potential king. You say, well, I... I, I I don't like to get up in front of people because I can't talk. Uh, neither could Moses. You say, well, I, I I would love to, but I you know I'm just too small. So was Paul. You say, well, you don't know, you see. Preacher, I, I've got this ailment. And if I didn't have this ailment, I, I could do so much more. Yeah, so did Timothy. Oh, you say, but you see, I, I'm, I'm just not educated enough to, to do anything great and mighty or anything like that. Neither was Peter. You see, when God chooses a person, you listen to this, and you've heard it, and you've heard it uh, probably a hundred times. When God looks for a person to use, he never looks at a person's ability. He looks at a person's availability. Amen. Let me show you something else. And this is, this is, this is quite uh, unique you ever notice how God always uses insignificant places? I mean, think about this. You know, the land of Israel uh, is a beautiful place. And, 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 and there, were, there were many, many places of beauty and splendor in the land of, of Palestine. There were great There were great universities that that were scattered throughout uh, Palestine. And and there were were great hotels, and there were great estates, and there there were great elaborate homes. But when God got ready to bring Jesus into this world, what did he choose? A common feed trough for animals. Wow. You know when the Lord instituted the, the, what we call the Lord's Supper today? That, that great ordinance... That we, that we commemorate the death, burial, and resurrection with. Did you ever notice that when Jesus instituted that, he was not in some great banquet hall? No, he was in a borrowed room that's called an upper room because it was a place that people used that built on top of their houses, That's where the great ordinance of the Lord's Supper was instituted. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came down and empowered the church, where were they? In a simple upper room. By the way, you know where Jesus fed the 5,000? Wasn't it a great restaurant? No, it was just a hillside. Just a plain little hillside. And by the way, David, the great king of, 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 of Israel, Where was he when the prophet was sent to anoint the king of Israel? Jesse gathered all of his sons but one. And he didn't even figure David would be in the mix. Where was he? He was over in the back of field watching sheep. Again, O Gideon was found, the great great warrior that he turned out to be. He was hiding behind a wine press because the enemy was attacking. And did you ever realize, did you ever think that our own Savior was buried? In a borrowed tomb. Didn't have a big state wedding, uh, a funeral. No. They just put him in a ground or in a in a in a cave looking tomb. And you know many of the epistles that Paul wrote you know where he was yeah in a common prison what a place for the holy scripture to be penned wow and there old Moses was he was out in the desert And there was a common bush that was on fire and would not burn out. Nothing fancy about it, just a common bush. I don't know if you've ever read the book, Pilgrim's Progress, a great masterpiece. If you haven't read it, I would I would encourage you to do so. But do you know where it was written? It was written in the Bedford Jail, and the author used the top of caps that went on milk containers. The greatest book, second only to the Bible, was written from jail. Now, let me say this. So many great preachers have come from everyday walks of life. So many insignificant places. Now, I say that to say this, and I I hope you listen, because I'm saying that what this means is that here today, sitting right here in this congregation of people, could be the next great preacher of tomorrow. I mean, listen, parent, listen, grandparent, what I'm saying is that 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 son of yours, that grandson of yours could be the next great spokesman for the Lord in our day. You see, when God calls preachers and leaders, he does not go to the palaces of Egypt, but he goes He goes to the bulrushes of the Nile River. That's where Moses was. You see, angels didn't sing to the Bethlehem elite, but they sang to the shepherds in the field. You see, God appears in humble places. He he appeared to the shepherds in the field. He appeared to Jacob walking down a road. He he appeared to Stephen outside the the city wall. He, uh, he, He appeared to the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. He appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos. He appeared to Peter on top of a house. I mean, can you think of any more humble place than a manger? That's where Jesus was. And so what am I saying? Here's what I'm saying. Listen. In 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 your house, in your place, could be the great preacher, the great missionary, the great leader of tomorrow. He's coming from somewhere, somewhere, Why not your place. Listen, Sunday school teacher, in your Sunday school class, there could be the next great preacher of our day. Perhaps that little boy who won't sit still, who just won't listen for anything may be the young man who goes to a barren place and builds a great church. Have you ever noticed how we always have in our mind, and I've seen this played out in so many churches, so many of our blue-haired grandmas, pick out somebody and they say oh that little that little well-mannered well-dressed young man i just know god's going to call him to be a preacher you know who he reaches down and calls the one that you would never expect I'll grant you. I know that for a fact, because anybody that I grew up in church with—if you'd have said, Alan Haygood," if you'd have asked me in my schoolmates, "Allen Haygood's going to end up—he's going to be pre- hes going to preach and pastor for fifty-something years—no way. Only by the grace of God. Wasn't me, Amen. and I'm telling you, friend, right here. I see, I see, I see potential for God just to reach down, put that finger right on the heart, and say, "I want you to preach the gospel." It could happen, and God uses little insignificant things again when Jesus came into the world he didn't use a hospital he didn't use a maternity ward he just used a common manger a bunch of old swaddling clothes in a stable that's just the way God works It's the way he works. What did God use to feed 5,000 people? Yeah, five little pieces of bread and two little fish. You remember an old boy by the name of Shamgar? Who God raised up and used to, 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 to kill 600 Philistines? You know what God gave him to do that with? A stick, an goad. what do Moses use when he when he opened up the Red Sea? Nothing but a shepherd's staff. God doesn't need big things. He just uses little things and makes it mighty in his hand. You remember when the Lord restored sight to the blind? Do you know what he used? You remember? Oh, it wasn't the latest drug that came on the market. (laughs) You know what he used? Some common old mud. That's all. Just pure old common mud. You see, God uses little things. He upholds the sparrow with his wings. He paints the lilies of the field. He numbers the hairs on our head. Yes, he uses the little things. You see, when the Christ child came to the world, God, Became flesh. Listen, that is the greatest thing known to man. Never, never has a transaction transpired like this one. Here, friend, the pre existent God became flesh. And now there's a way to heaven. Now, here, here's the Savior coming with the best news the world has ever known. And listen to this God used a little town called Bethlehem. Some poor shepherds in the field watching sheep. A poor girl. A virgin from the little town of Nazareth. Did you know she was so poor that when she came uh, to the uh, to 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 make an offering, she had two turtle doves. She didn't have she didn't have a sheep. Just two little turtle doves. And he used a plain old carpenter named Joseph. God uses little things. So, you know what that does, friend? That cancels out any excuse that you may have for not doing what the Lord wants you to do. Stand with me. Father, as our musicians make their way, I'm praying right now that you would just make very plain that you have a work for every single one of us. There's no one here today that's not qualified enough not because they're they have exceptional skills or knowledge or anything but simply because all it takes is to say lord here i am use me lord that one family that has that young man that may be dealing with the ministry Lord, I pray that you'd convict that young man such a way that they would step out and surrender to your calling on their life. Whatever the need is this morning, I pray in Jesus' name.